in elections when needed, we actually can put together a team of more than 2,000 people to work on election day, which is absolutely fabulous how these people dedicate not only time, but sometimes they also, so some of them may get some sort of threats or some sort of pressure and so on, but still they want to do this job. The full and free exercise of our sacred right and duty to vote is more important in the long run than the personal hopes or ambitions of any candidate for any office in the land. You're listening to High Turnout, Wide Margins, an insider's look at election administration hosted by Brianna Lennon and Eric Fay. Hello, it's Eric Fay, and you're listening to High Turnout, Wide Margins, a podcast that explores local election administration. Last June, Brianna and I traveled to Central and Eastern Europe to learn more about election administration and democracies overseas, and we spent a good deal of time in Moldova, a small country nestled between Romania and Ukraine that was part of the former Soviet Union. We spoke to people involved at all levels of government, from poll workers to district-level workers to the people running the Central Election Commission, that manages all of the elections in the country. But we also spoke to Promolex, a group that oversees domestic election observation. This is an interesting topic as it's become front of mind throughout the United States as political parties and candidates uh, put a greater emphasis on domestic election observation. Election observation is a really critical part of the elections administration process because it provides good perspective into how elections are structured, how they are run, provides really good feedback that kind of provide a better context to how democracy functions all across the world. In this episode, we're speaking with Mariana Novak and Nikolai Ponfil with Promolex. Mariana is the program coordinator and Nikolai is the program director of their Monitoring Democratic Processes program. Welcome to Moldova, welcome to Kishinev. Well, uh, I'm a program, a program director at Promolex Association uh, since uh, last year, since April last year. But actually I'm working with this organization since uh, 2013, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I did uh, psychology in university. I was interested much in political psychology, uh, social psychology. And I was looking for some place where I could use my uh, studies. And I was uh, kind of getting to this type of job because of this interest uh, in uh, doing something uh, that would be both useful for the society, but also interesting for myself. I was proposed to join uh, the um, Promodex uh, in the capacity of a program uh, coordinator at that moment. Uh, and since then, working in this organization. Please, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about you. Hi again, uh, my name is Mariana Novak. I am program coordinator at uh, Promolex. Well, I started uh, here um, five years ago as program assistant, um, not really knowing um, quite specific what is, uh, what is going to be my journey here. Uh, but I joined the team um, following my father's steps. He was a member of the Precinct Election Commission. So since, I don't know, I was 15 maybe, every single Sunday when it was election day, I was uh, just going to the precinct to uh, observe how it's going and how is the process. 
I actually got a chance uh, back when the Promolex was not observing the elections to even check the um, voters list to to see the um, ballots and to, to follow all the process so it was quite interesting for me and um, I don't know I always felt um, close to home it al always felt close to home to me um, I studied law and um, we were in my second year visiting uh, Central Election Commission. And it was interesting and I said, maybe I want to work here. Um, it did not happen, <laughs> five more years of uh, university and um, I don't know, I just ended here, but I'm uh, really glad because uh, um, I um, felt that the values that are promoted at Promolex uh, to be politi uh, political neutrality, to be uh, eager to, to follow the democratic uh, spirit of, uh, of the law, um, it was uh, close to me, so I decided to help the team. Uh, it was a big team and we are trying to grow it even more. Um, I am now, as I said, program coordinator and I help uh, find uh, money and uh, all the necessary logistics that we need. Um, and we all try to promote democracy and to um, maybe make people understand that uh, you have to be conscious and you have to be um, involved into, into building a country that is strong. Basically, what Promolex is, is a human rights organization. Uh, built in uh, 2002, so this year we are going to celebrate 20 years anniversary. Uh, human rights uh, organization and also uh, striving to promote uh, democratic processes here in Moldova. We, are, we have started our uh, organization uh, as an organization focused on um, helping our citizens from the Transnistrian region to defend their rights, to protect their rights. Uh, but then in 2009, when uh, uh, there was uh, a need in the society to conduct uh, a nationwide uh, election observation, uh, you know, you probably heard about 2009, what, is, what does it mean for Moldova? The so-called Twitter revolution here in Moldova, uh, when the Communist Party was uh, dismissed from power, then uh, there was another organization, part of the coalition, that was doing uh, civic observation of elections. After those uh, elections in 2009, that organization disappeared, and there was a, an urgent need for some organization to take lead and to do this uh, job of uh, observing the elections. Um, that is how Promolex started election observation. The first mission, I remember, it was focused only on the polling stations created for citizens, uh, for Moldovan citizens from the Transnistrian region. There was only a few of them. And then in July, we uh, managed to organize very rapidly uh, with the support of uh, National Democratic Institute, NDI, uh, some larger mission. And since then, we actually observed by now 23 election, elections here in Moldova, uh, including uh, early local elections that happens usually twice uh, a year. But there was at least 11 nationwide uh, elections that took place during this period of time, so you can imagine it was quite a tumultuous period for Moldova uh, during these 13 years and so. Um, which impacted our society, and we are actually 
happy to be part of this effort of uh, the civil society to contribute to the uh, democratization of our country. If I may, in the United States, we really don't have any structure or, or cult culture of domestic nonpartisan election observation. Uh, could you maybe explain, both of you, for an American audience, the, the purpose of this uh, domestic nonpartisan observation? And you've talked a little bit about what, you know, you've worked with CEC or um, maybe advocated for certain reforms. What are you trying to achieve, basically, by, by this observation? Actually, this is also something that we are telling our observers uh, during our trainings. And that is uh, something that we try also to, to see how the people react to during the training and to feel whether that person is actually here because he or she is interested in doing something for his uh, or her own country or it's just for some other kind of interest because it's not a, a secret that uh, during uh, the history of our work we had also many cases when uh, uh, observers already trained by Promolex later on uh, joining some political parties who uh, just paid them some money to do the same job in the polling station but for a political party. And we are actually glad that they are, at least in this way, also interested in our work because they also get some very well-prepared observers, even though they work for, for a party. But getting back to that uh, question, uh, let it, let put it as simple as possible, and maybe Mariana will add here as well. Um, first of all, we want to increase or to, to, to contribute to the increase of the uh, trust in electoral processes. Uh, democratic processes here in Moldova, unfortunately, often struggled from a low or rather low uh, trust. Elections uh, also often seen as a process that is very easy to manipulate. So our purpose, our presence in the polling stations is meant first of all to uh, prevent any potential frauds or any potential irregularities in the polling station, uh, and by that actually to, in, uh, to make sure that uh, um, people do get clear information about how the process went, whether there were irregularities or not, and to avoid this type of uh, you know, speculations or rumors or disinformation that was happening in the past and that was not always true. I mean, you can easily put in the news, for instance, that in some polling station where somewhere took place some kind of phenomena and to extrapolate it and to raise a huge issue all over the country, although we uh, as observers uh, could, for instance, see that this took place only on that specific or in very specific uh, polling station or in limited area. So this is one of the, one of the goals. Uh, second uh, is to inform the society about the process. Yeah? Uh, third is not less important to contribute by our um, observation through the recommendations formulated in the end to uh, the improvement of the practices, or electoral practices, but also the electoral uh, legal framework. Um, should it be like normative acts or uh, the electoral code itself? So these three are the main uh, 
tasks that we have during an election observation mission. And we actually do not only E-Day observation, but we do monitor the entire pre-electoral period and the entire election campaign uh, so that we can tell for sure how the process went, not only by judging the election day, but actually the entire uh, process. Hi, I'm Brianna Lennon, County Clerk for Boone County, Missouri. And you're listening to High Turnout, Wide Margins, a podcast where we explore local election administration. Well, you were very specific. I will just emphasize that uh, during the trainings, we are uh, telling our observers that we are not the police. We are there to observe the process, uh, to come up with the findings and conclusions. And then later on, as Nikolai said, uh, to be back with some recommendations that would improve uh, not only the legal framework and the processes, but the trust of the people that are going to come again and again to, to elect. Um, and uh, as said, uh, we are following the entire proce- election uh, process, so our long-term observers are also there to ensure and to be present uh, at all stages uh, so that people would know that we are following and then that, that is a credible um, process that, that was um, uh, conducted. Uh, we are doing this also to ensure credibility but also sometimes to preserve uh, politicians or political parties, candidates, to, to abuse the system. Uh, just to give you an example, in, if I'm not wrong, in 2014 or so, uh, there was a case uh, when um, the Constitutional Court of Moldova was validating the results of, uh, I think they were parliamentary elections, and uh, it was a rather common practice in the past that if some political parties were unhappy with the results of elections, should they be like the third or fifth of, of the results, they would just complain and they will get this automatically granted or almost automatically granted the, the right to do recounting of the votes. And I remember, uh, why, why do I think this is also an interesting example? It was the first time the Constitutional Court referred to our reports because we always send our reports to the Constitutional Court as well. Uh, so they referred to our report and said, look, Promolex did counted the votes in parallel. They didn't find anything wrong with that. Uh, so your um, demand for accounting is dismissed, ground, uh, grounded on that uh, results of Promolex. So that is how actually I can say that uh, we are sort of, to say proud of Back uh, in 2014, we uh, saved about 20 million lei, which is about $1 million approximately of the state budget for a simple recounting of votes because someone felt that it was not correct or it was some faults during the elections, although we didn't witness any situations like that. And also afterwards, uh, we continued that practice of sending the reports to the Constitutional Court and it was often referred to our reports, and even uh, in some cases the Constitutional Court sent some uh, um, notes or requests to the Parliament to address some of the problems, to adopt some specific laws for addressing those issues, and so on. So, um, yeah, we can say that uh, maybe it's not always uh, understood, or uh, it's not 
common for the citizens to understand the full impact that we have uh, on, uh, on electoral processes, but by doing this in all its aspects uh, and working, collaborating with different institutions, we can indeed have an impact on, uh, on how the elections uh, looks like in Moldova and how the democracy in general looks like. And I think that's really fascinating because um, I think in the United States, a lot of the expectation of observers is to find fraud and find terrible things that are happening and then be able to bolster the misinformation that's happening. And a lot of what you're saying and a lot of what has happened is that it's actually helped the election administration field to be able to have Promolex say, no, we saw that everything went well. We, we saw that things happened like they were supposed to and that the election was successful and that you shouldn't be concerned about fraud because it didn't happen. And I think that's one of the things that we're looking for in the United States is a way to do that and not having, um, I think probably some of the pushback, especially from election administration, is that they're afraid that anybody domestically that's going to observe is going to try to turn it into this politicized thing. But Promolex, I think, speaks to how that's not the case. It actually will help in all aspects of trying to do that. I'm wondering... Can you um, explain a little bit about how the election administration law works right now and what the appetite is for changing it? Because I'm sure, um, you know, we talk all the time about how the infrastructure of how an election operates has a huge impact on who gets to vote and how they vote and opening it up, making it more accessible. Uh, what What does that look like right now? Does it look like Parliament wants to make any of those changes? I will start answering that question by actually referring to some former uh, chairperson of the Central Election Commission who used to say in the past that these guys at Promolex are the best friends and the best enemies of Central Election Commission. Uh, and the best friends is because of this kind of uh, balanced and uh, neutral attitude and the best, the, the best enemies for... Uh, being the biggest uh, critics uh, or largest critics of uh, of the of the activity of the election commission or of the process in general when when it was the case and it was believe me it was often the case uh, it's not that we of course we presented to you some uh, examples of uh, like good collaboration and so we can talk about that but it was uh, not without uh, struggling uh, during this past uh, because uh, every single um, victory, if I may say like that, was uh, based on a very, very large effort of observation, then formulating recommendation, then pushing and pushing and pushing either the parliament or the Central Election Commission for improving their own uh, uh, activity or uh, the legislation in, in this field. So uh, now... This uh, election commission, as you may know, has been uh, formed in 2021 after the elections. It happened that the mandate, that there was a coincidence that the mandate uh, had to be renewed after the elections. And uh, the new parliament had this opportunity to come with new people uh, in place. Um, according to the law, eight persons are at present uh, nominated 
by the parliament and one by the president. Uh, the parliament, both the opposition and the um, and the, the parties in power, should nominate their candidates proportionally. But uh, after they become members of the CEC, after they are voted by the parliament, uh, they all uh, give the oath uh, to act uh, in, uh, in a neutral way, to be impartial, to respect the values of non-partisanship, and, and even if they were members, for instance, of, of a party, they should suspend or leave the party, and so on. Of course, this is still a challenge. Uh, I can tell from the past experience of, of the CEC, it, it's, it's very visible or still visible during the election campaigns, uh, this kind of influence of the um, of the bodies that formed the, the CEC, and that is why, for instance, one of the solutions that we have proposed several years ago and that is now being discussed in the context of a new electoral code is to change the way the CEC is being formed. For instance, to have not only the parliament involved uh, and the presidency involved in this uh, mechanism, but also to have um, uh, other um, powers that are present in the state. Uh, there is now discussions uh, uh, about reducing the number of uh, members of the CEC from nine to seven or even to five members. That's why I'm saying it should be like two or one from the Supreme Council of Magistr Magistracy. There should be also uh, a candidate uh, or two nominated by the government and there should be still one nominated by the president and uh, two candidates nominated by the parliament, if I'm not wrong. The idea is to ensure a better balance between different um, um, institutions yeah, present in the society and also to enforce the, the capacities of the institution of the CEC by having... Uh, judges who are uh, more uh, law lawyers or more specialized uh, personnel in the com in the components of the commission they will be specific criteria for this for instance like at least 10 years of experience uh, in a similar position uh, in the past uh, then this reduction of the number of the, of the members so just let me rephrase this in a different way uh, nowadays, uh, the Central Election Commission, although it has nine members, it's only three of them that works permanently. So the rest of them are just uh, asked to join just for the sessions. Uh, so this is a, quite a problem because there is a lot of issues to be worked on. Uh, and the commission should have its own staff permanently engaged. So. On one hand, there will be the reduction of the uh, number of members, but on the other hand, it is proposed that these seven members will work, all of them, like fully only for the commission. Uh, I can say that this is a very good idea, probably because also in the past, uh, it was often, uh, and it is the case that uh, some of the members of the commission, for instance, have to do something else for for living, and some of them come from some public institutions, uh, from from some other positions, um, being named there, uh, for instance, by, by some political will. Yeah. It sounds like the reform you're mentioning would lead to some more independence of the of the election commission. Am I understanding it correctly? Is is that one of the motivations for for this possible reform? 
um, looking back on 10 plus years of Promolex observing elections uh, and multiple recommendations to the legal framework, legal election framework, uh, we uh, considered um, uh, last year that it's needed to have a discussion and we have to advocate for a new electoral code that would address this kind of uh, issues or problems that uh, may be improved. So um, we came up with the idea to, to have a project that would support the um, and advocate for a new electoral code. And with the change and the new composition of the Central Election Commission that they uh, actually came with the idea as well, that they wanted to be the uh, main promoters of, of this idea. So uh, we have changed our plans a bit, uh, not being the ones that are going ahead with the idea. We were just um, trying to support uh, the initiative to have a new electoral code. So uh, indeed, the Central Election Commission during autumn um, said that they are um, going to come up with a proposal for a new electoral code. Uh, we tried to help and um, found the election experts that could uh, um, offer the support that is needed. Uh, in February, they came with the um, first um, appearance to the public with the proposals of uh, the new um, provisions. Uh, so, um, the Central Election Commission and Promolex organized uh, at the end of May a public event um, where the Central Election Commission presented the proposals that you uh, said just um, a few minutes ago. Uh, so they um, addressed all uh, recommendations and they were uh, using also the recommendations of uh, several institutions that had the opportunity to see the proposal to improve the legal framework. Uh, so, um, indeed, we can discuss about the two days proposals for election day and um, we also came up with a lot more of recommendations. Hopefully, um, why, when the uh, proposals or the new electoral code will reach the parliament, uh, this um, document will be um, comprehensive and addressing uh, the main issues and the, the, that we were talking about for 10 plus years. Uh, we, uh, at the event, it, we also have invited um, representatives of the Supreme Court, um, of the Constitutional Court, of the Parliament, the uh, Ministry of Justice. Um, we try to, to bring all these important um, uh, people uh, to understand uh, the importance of this process and to understand that uh, change is needed. Uh, they said openly that they are interested to make things better. So hopefully when the document will reach the parliament and public uh, uh, discussions will be um, made on this platform, we, the Central Election Commission will have the support they need to, to have this document approved. And why it is important at this moment to have this discussion, because in the law we have a provision that says that changes have to be made uh, at least one year ahead of uh, next um, uh, election. So in 2023 we have the general local elections, so if we want to change something, now is the proper time to, to have it. You've been listening to High Turnout, Wide Margins, a podcast that explores local election administration. I'm your host, Brianna Lennon, alongside Eric Fay. Thanks to KBIA for making this podcast possible. Our managing editor is Rebecca Smith. 
Our managing producer is Aaron Hay, and our associate producers are Abigail Ruman and Katie Quinn. This has been High Turnout, Wide Margins. Thanks for listening.